us. Now, in, in Matthew 13, actually I'm thinking I'm going to read those verses. Um, 13.45, he says, again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. And when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now, we often take this verse to say that we sell out to Christ. And that, I think it can apply to that. But let's think of it from a different aspect and, and think of it in terms of God sold out for us. Um, you know, he gave everything. He, he left the kingdom of heaven. So, you know, as a spirit, he moved about. He did what he wanted to do. He could be anywhere, everywhere. When he became a man, that was no longer what he did. He walked the earth as a man for 33 years. So he sold out for us. He gave everything for us. Uh, so he bought us with a price. Um, and so thinking about that price, so what does it mean that God loved us? And how does it work out? Well... <clears throat> Let's turn, turn to John 3. Uh, we'll be reading some there. Uh, starting in verse 14. <clears throat> and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Now, backing up to verse 14, in, uh, in the story there of, of the Moses and the, and the serpent in the wilderness, so let's just use our imagination here for a minute. Um, we, have, we have a scene before us, so... So we have these fiery serpents, they're, they're among the people, people are dying, and so they're crying out to Moses, Moses, what do we do? Um, save us. I think that was the cry, it was, save us. You know, we have a need. And so God says, well, you know, make a brass serpent, put him on a pole, and whoever looks at that brass serpent is going to be healed. And, and so, you know, we can imagine, you know, so someone in the family got bit and, and they're dragging the person out of their tent 
and they want him to look at that brass serpent because that's where they can find healing. So why wouldn't they? Uh, maybe they prop him up, you know, so he can so he can for sure see. Um, I don't know. I'm just using my imagination here a little bit, but. I want us to get the picture. This is how we are as it relates to our spiritual life. You know, we have that need to look at that Savior on the cross. Um, He says, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. He says that in verse 15. So now we have the thought here of If we believe in him, he says, we shall not perish, but have eternal life. And so so we have the serpent there on the the pole. The people look at him, and they they find healing. Um, But the next verse begins, uh, he he then brings it back to, uh, to God's aspect. And he says, for God so loved. So he's... Not exactly changing his story, but but in a sense he is. You see, God loved us from the beginning. He loved he he knew he knew what was going to happen. You know, we, we sometimes ask the question. So, if God knew all the evil that was going to take place in the world throughout the throughout history, you know, murder, war. You, you name it. You can name any sin you want to. He knew all those things, so why did he create us? And, and it, is a, it is a fair question. Why did he create us? If he knew that all these things would happen, he could have said, well, I'm just going to make you all to serve me, and that's that. But he chose not to do that. But I think the real reason is exactly what happened this morning. We're here to worship. And that's what he wants. He wants our worship. He wants what comes from within us. Not because we're forced to, but because we love him. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for our praise, our worship. And, and so if we think of God in that way, you know, did he make a mistake? No, I don't think he did. You know, he, he is God. He, he's always God. He always will be. And, um, <clears throat> you know... When Adam fell, it was, it was a rebellion. Uh, he chose not to obey God. But, you know, up to that point, even the angels in heaven, all they knew about God was judgment. That was the only thing they knew. Because why? How do they know that? Well, they only had one other example, and that was when Satan and his angels got cast out of heaven. So they saw judgment. That was all they knew. But, you know, so, so here, here's God, and he changes the picture, and he says, I'm going to have mercy. I'm going to send a Savior. He didn't send a Savior to the fallen angels. They had no choice. He cast them out, and he, they could never return. <clears throat> but for mankind, he said, I'm going to send them a Savior. I'm going to give them an opportunity to be different the fallen angels had no mercy, no grace, no love. There was nothing left except to be cast out of the presence of God. <clears throat> but you know, God in, his, God, in, God in his holiness, we get the picture there in Isaiah 6, you know, 
they fell on their faces before him. They couldn't even look at him, and they were right next to the throne. That's, that was because he was so much greater than the angels that were there. And, you know, it should, it should speak to our hearts when we think about those angels couldn't look at him because he was so majestic. They couldn't look at his face. But here he is, and he's saying, I'm going to have mercy. I'm going to show love and grace to mankind. I'm going to pull them out. I'm going to give them the opportunity to change their way. <clears throat> you know, God didn't have to. He didn't owe us anything. He could have said, so, figure it out. And he could have left us right where we were, left us in our sins. But that's not who he is. You know, if every person that has ever walked the face of the earth would deny God and choose to go to hell, he would still be God and he would still be just. It, would, it doesn't change who God is just because we make a choice. Because God is always God, he is holy, and he is gracious, and he loves us. <clears throat> he didn't owe us anything. But you know, mankind makes a choice. But God in his mercy, you know, every morning, five days a week, we get up, go to work. Things don't always work out, do they? We experience disappointment. We find life full of pain. Uh, we, find, we find all sorts of things coming to pressures that come on us, and, and we have to make a choice. Why is it there? It's because of his mercy. He's saying, I'm here. I'm your Savior. I'm the one that I want you to turn to because I am the one who has the answer. If it wouldn't be for that pain, if it wouldn't be for that disappointment, if it wouldn't be for all those choices that we have to make, we'd have no need of him. We'd just be content to be where it is. But he's crying out to us and he's saying, mercy, love, it's what I'm offering you. The other choice is my judgment. <clears throat> you know, sometimes we, we, look, at, um, we look at God's love and, and it's like, but how, how do I get there? Well, I think... I think one of the things that we fail to understand and is, is simply, we look at ourselves, we, we're not honest with ourselves of who we are. And, uh, and so we, we look at it and, and we're like, well, I, don't, I don't like the flaws I see in my life. And so, so I, I'm gonna make a different choice. Uh, you know, we, we can have those kinds of thoughts. We don't like it. But, you know, when we're in agreement with God, when we, are, when we want what God wants, it changes everything about how we see him. Because now I'm, an, I'm agreeing with him that there is a need in my life. And, and I have to accept his love. And, but when I accept myself for who I am, and I'm honest with myself, then I can accept his love. And, and begin down the road of, a, of having a relationship with him. You know, life is, is all about relationships. We know what relationships are on a human level. God also wants a relationship with us. 
that is his heart. That is his desire. And that relationship comes in the form of our worship of him. <clears throat> well, it says he loved the world, and so he gave his son. In Galatians 4, he makes, Paul makes a statement. He says, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. And so God gave himself. Uh, God gave his son he sent him when the right when the time was right <clears throat> and and so he says he gave his only begotten son and paul said god sent forth his son so so here's here's god and you know he he could have chose not to make that choice but he didn't because he loved us because he cared about us because of his grace and mercy, and that, and he's he's full of grace and mercy. It's who he is, <clears throat> and so he chose to give his son. He didn't have to, but he chose to do that for us. God sent forth his son. Well. In verse 17, he continues his thought. And he says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So he came to bring salvation. He came to, to bring a change of heart to us. He didn't come to condemn the world. Um, you know, he's not focusing on, on condemnation. He's focusing on the right things in our life. It's what he wants to bring out of us. Uh, you know, with creation, he didn't focus on the darkness. When he made darkness and light, he said, he talked about the light and he said, the light's good. But he didn't say anything about the darkness not, not being good, but he was focused on the light. He's focusing on the good things in our hearts and he wants to refine us to become more like him. And maybe there's those stones in our lives like we talked about in the Sunday school lesson and the different types of soil, you know, uh, we have to get rid of those stones sometimes because they hinder us. But <clears throat> God's plan for us was not to condemn the world, but to save the world. It's who he wants to be. He wants to be our savior. He doesn't want to be our judge. <clears throat> the Bible says he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. So while that happens, because of the choices that men make, the Bible is very clear. It's not what he wants. He has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Verse 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because... He had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So here, here he's, he's, he's bringing the choice to a head in a, in a certain sense. He says, if we believe on him, he says, the person that believes is not condemned. The person that doesn't believe is condemned already. So even in this life, he's saying, you're making a choice. You can choose me. You can choose your own way and face the judgment um, face condemnation. <clears throat> you know, the next verse he says condemnation, um, and this is the condemnation, the light came into the world. So, so it was the light that, 
that brought this difference to the surface. And he says, the reason, he gives the reason. He says, because we love darkness. Men love darkness rather than light. And he says the reason, he says, because their deeds are evil. And so it's the natural tendency of mankind is to go after that which is evil, to, to cover up the wrongs that we have done, and to not let them come to the light, not let them come to the surface, but to try to keep them under the rug, as it were, as we sometimes say. <clears throat> he says, he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. So, when the truth is there, what do our deeds look like? They come from, the, they come from a heart of love for God. <clears throat> First John 4, verse 16. i read a few verses there. And we, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. <clears throat> Verse 16, he makes a clear statement. He says, God is love. In verse 16 of John 3, he said, for God so loved. So there's two statements there, very similar, saying God is love. It is who he is. It is his heart. It is everything about him. It is all love. And everything he does is because he loves mankind. He is trying to get us to understand his love. We understand his love when we let go of ourselves. You know, I've sometimes we, you know, when people choose their own way, sometimes we remind them of the choices they're making and of the sin that is there. What I've often I've thought about as I studied this and got to thinking about this, and it, it rolled through my mind, and I'm just like, could we be more effective if we tried to show people God's love rather than show them where they went wrong? You know, God's love is really what makes the difference to all of us. Without it, we're nothing. Um, without it, he wouldn't have drew, drawn us in, brought us in to experience his love <clears throat> our understanding of God's love comes by the renewing of our minds. You know, when we, when we first accept his love, our understanding of that is pretty limited. But, you know, as we grow in our love for the Lord, we begin to understand a little bit more about that. Um, you know, sometimes our, our human nature gets in the way we, we don't. And, and sometimes we don't allow God to do what he wants to do. But he doesn't give up on us just because we make a wrong choice. 
He's still there, and he's still God. Um, God loves us more than we can comprehend. We don't. We can't fathom that kind of love. Who, who would, who of us, you know, would we be willing to, to die if it came to that? Um, what, what do we make of all those things, you know? And especially if we think of, of what God left, you know, who he was, an eternal being that left the glories of heaven to die the death on the cross because it meant salvation for us. That was love on display. <clears throat> and that love was, was planned from the beginning of time. And uh, you know, Revelation 13, verse 8, gives us that picture. And, and he, he says there, And all that dwell on the earth shall worship him. And he's, he's talking there about the Antichrist, whose names are not written in the book of, the, of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. So it gives us the, the thought here that knowing the choices that men would make and knowing that they needed a Savior, before the world was ever formed, God's love was already in action. The plan was already in place. He didn't come here with some afterthought that, oh, Adam sinned. I guess I'm going to have to. I'm going to guess I'm going to have to provide a savior for him because he, he made a wrong choice. Um, <clears throat> he sinned. No, that's not who he is. He already had the plan. The plan was in place. And so it wasn't an afterthought, but it was his love for us that when he formed the world, the plan for the Savior was already there. And so as we think about, just, just roll that through our minds. You know, so God knows everything that's going to happen in in that 6,000-year span that has been since time began to today. <clears throat> he knew everything. But he made that choice. Before the world was ever formed, he said, I'm going to provide a Savior for men. I'm going to provide for them because I love them, I care about them, and I want them to know me. I want them to have a relationship with me a relationship that grows, prospers, and blooms. <clears throat> but it can only happen when we allow God's love to penetrate our hearts. And, and it is when that love fills us and it, it penetrates into, into our being and it begins to change us. You know, His love is everything. His love does everything. It's not what I've done. I can't contribute anything to my salvation except my sin. And, and I have to bring that to Christ for forgiveness. So I'm not contributing anything. It's all because of him. It's all because of what he did and, and his love for mankind.
So my question this morning is, have we experienced God's love? Do we know what it is? Is it real in our hearts? Has it changed my life? No. Has it slowly get, got rid of the stones, got rid of the weeds, and little by little changed how I looked at life? Uh, you know, God doesn't change us all at once. I mean, he, he does in a way, but, but you know, the Christian life is, is a process of time and of, of growing to be like him. Uh, you know, if you have the aspiration, for instance, of being a great man or woman of God, you're going to have to do it. In, there's two things that have to be in place, and that is you have to become a person of prayer, and you have to know him through his word. And those are the only two avenues that make you a great man or woman of God that becomes effective in the kingdom. Other than that, you'll never become effective. Um, <clears throat> and so, so those are, the, those are the, the aspects that bring his love into our hearts. It makes it come alive. It makes it become real. Um, <clears throat> but it's through the renewing of our mind, through letting God do that work in, in us and in our hearts to cause us to be like him and to experience his love, his grace, his mercy. He's full of love, grace, and mercy. That's who he is. And he wants to give that to us today. Um, it's not something that he's hidden away. It's not something that's under the rug. But it's out there in the open, and we can have it. Uh, it's ours to have if we make that choice. <clears throat> Let's pray. Oh, God, we come in your presence. We just thank you so much for your love for us. It is more than we can comprehend. Our human mind can't understand and fathom what you've done for us. But you've done so much through your death, through your resurrection, through giving your life and redeeming us from our fallen state giving every man and every woman that opportunity to know you. You have brought salvation, and you desire to have that relationship with everyone. And so we love you, Lord, as best we can in our human mind, in our human frame. And we just desire, O oh Lord, to be like you. Lord, change our hearts where we need to grow, where we need to be changed to be like you so that we can show the love of Christ to people around us and we can inspire others to seek you and to walk in truth and love with you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.